Welcome to the Fit Mind Project. My name's Barry Ash and along with my wife Laura Ash, we are the founders of Rock Solid Health and the Freedom Programs. We believe that everybody should have access to a simple and supportive way to transform their health and their well-being, both physically and mentally, so we can feel better than we currently do. Our aim is to bring together a community of like-minded people who want to transform their habits and their behaviours using the rock solid method so they can take ownership of their health and their well-being. With this podcast, we're going to be having conversations with some amazing people that will help and inspire you to take back control of your lives. As we believe, when we are healthier, we are happier. This episode, we're having a conversation with Alicia Badiani. She's the author of Be Beautiful and the finalist of Miss India UK. And today we're talking all things beautiful. Because it's funny how we can see the beauty in other things around us. But when it comes to ourselves, all we see is the negative. So let's head over to the conversation and understand why this is the case. Welcome uh, to this afternoon, not a 10 at 10. No, it's a little bit different because we've got a little bit of a time difference. With exactly, this we've got an extra special guest today. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Um, today we have an absolutely beautiful, intelligent um, woman joining us uh, this afternoon. Um, please welcome Alicia Badiani. Um, and Alicia is, let me give you a bit of an intro before we kind of go into everything. So Alicia is the author of Be Beautiful You, which is a book that came out this year, wasn't it? Yeah, in February. Excellent. So guys, you have to go and grab a copy of that. I'm sure Alicia will tell you how to do that. So Alicia's story, just kind of to introduce her, she believes really in beauty being the fundamental to living your best life. Um, and after she was a finalist, um, Miss India UK 2018, she started to look at her own self-confidence and self-love. And it's kind of set her on a journey to help mainly young adults um, with their self-confidence, their self-worth and self-esteem. And her mission is to be able to help people define their own version of beauty and love for themselves so that they can find a place of unconditional love for themselves so what a beautiful thing <laughs> welcome alicia welcome to the podcast the facebook live whatever we want to call it today <laughs> thank you so much and guys alicia has joined us from canada right so the time yeah. there at the moment i think you said was 7 a.m yeah exactly and didn't she look amazing i mean obviously people are watching on the podcast but she trust me she looks amazing for seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> Usually I'm up at this time going for a walk, but I don't usually look this presentable, so it's special for you guys. Thank you, that was an amazing introduction though. Oh no, you're more than welcome, you're worth it. So thank you so much for joining us, Alicia, I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So look, we usually open this up and, you know, we just want to know, tell us your story because it's very interesting, you know, coming from where you have come from, and you would think that you would be confident and all this sort of stuff. So tell us your yeah. story about what happened and, and what's led you to being here. 
Yeah, so I, um, as you said, I'm, I am in Canada at the moment. I was born and raised here. Um, I lived here until I was 18, and then I moved to England to get my degree um, and fell down the typical path of accounting, especially in an Indian household. Parents were really proud, so I went into um, do accounting and economics at University of Manchester. Um, I was always a massive nerd, so I literally kept my head in my books most of my second and third year especially um and then from there got sponsored to do my chartered accounting exams and become a chartered accountant in london at a firm in on baker street um so i went into that path as well then there's another three years after university did my aca qualified with that um while i was working in financial service audit so i was auditing banks and insurance companies and BCTs and the whole works um, and I knew at the end of that anyway that I wasn't called to be an accountant somewhere and sit at a desk I've always thought there's something more I have to give I just didn't necessarily know what um, so I thought at least through the three years when you work for different companies you get a really good feel for how different companies work you make great connections and I thought something would kind of come to me through that uh, and it didn't like I thought it would at that same time though, I had a completely unexpected opportunity to become a lecturer and I started teaching for the different accounting qualifications, which was so amazing because I did ACA, but there's ACCA and SEMA as well. And I got to teach for a range of different modules for all three qualifications. And that was, you know, that was everything that I was about. It's all about talking and presenting and also using my skills that I gained in ACA. Um, and it's while I was a lecturer that I got asked to be in the pageant to be in Cindy UK. And I completely dismissed the opportunity in the beginning because I grew up as a tomboy playing football in every sport I could, like head in my books. I just was like, what am I going to do on the stage in a pageant? You know, I can dance, but not, not um, to just walk on that stage. And I still didn't, I didn't really realize how vulnerable I would feel on that stage even with all that prep work. So I, I was asked, I said no, and then I just kind of pretty much got coerced into it. Um, I decided anyways that it was an opportunity I was never gonna get again. So I thought I might as well go for it and see what happens. And I honestly thought that if I made the application, it wouldn't submit and get through the, to the actual stage anyways. I thought I'd kind of get weeded out. And I didn't, and I got to the stage and I was like, oh, okay, this is a, a bit more real now, yeah. So in the month to the lead up, like leading up to it, I had to learn how to do a catwalk. I oh needed to gosh. prepare, yeah, oh gosh, that was his own, um, <laughs> that was his own, you know everything you watch on like Miss Congeniality and that was me, like when someone actually teaches you how to walk and you're like, surely it's easy. No, it really isn't. Um, so that was quite interesting but I found just before I moved here I was cleaning up my room and I forgot that I used to take confidence essence like one of those essential oils oh. and I, I every day leading up to it I was taking that because I was trying to feel like I was trying to master the confidence that I needed for the stage yeah I just didn't realize the truth of what that was all about mm -hmm. until I was on that stage so I was the first girl to step onto that stage and as I said, I danced growing up. So I, I'm a performer. And even, even, even to an extent, lecturing is performing because you're, sitting, you're standing there, I mean, you know, you're performing a module, let's say. Yeah. 
So I stood on that stage and the intro to my, to the whole um, show was a little dance piece of like 20 seconds. And then it was the walk and I had to do that dance piece because I was the first one. So I started it, but my back was to the audience. I did that dance piece and I turned around and then it was time for me to walk. And I, I just, I felt like I froze and got really stiff. Wow. And <laughs> all of a sudden, people are literally just watching you put one foot in front of another. And I was, I felt like I had shame in one hand and vulnerability in the other hand. And I felt so out of my place and on that stage. I didn't know what I was doing there. I didn't know why I was there. I didn't know what the purpose of this all was. What was I trying to prove? Yeah. Um, and then I kind of got into, you know, when the next girl goes and then you've got different rounds. And I felt like I was already now hidden and kind of in the back scenes that people couldn't see me. So I fell into that bit of that groove. But the first few, especially the first, whenever it was just me on that stage anyways, I felt really uncomfortable. Imagine when you walk and you go to a date, a first date. Right? You walk through that door or you see the person 100 meters away and now you get really awkward because you know, you're watching them walk towards you and you're trying not to flick your hair weird or step weird or fumble. But the second now a thousand people watching me walk across the stage and it's like, this is the first thing you learn as a child, how to walk. Yeah, but now I'm having someone judge me for it. It was really weird. So at the end of the pageant, I didn't get through to that last stage, which was the stage I was most excited to get to because that's when I would have been talking and doing the speech and you know they would have put you on the spot asking you questions um and I would have been able to perform my talent piece and I performed um sorry I prepped a, a dance piece that was a very traditional dance very folk dance which nobody else had done or had seen so I, I was excited to even shine in that way that I've had the skill that I've mastered mastered sorry since I was six or seven and I would at least get to show that practice and I didn't get to that stage and I was like I was feeling conflicted because I'm like I didn't get to show who I really am yeah on top of that um as I left the pageant or you know the event finished and I went up to the judges and there was only one judge that I was really excited to meet because he was in Bendit Like Beckham okay. which growing up as a football player I was like that was yeah. my childhood movie Turns out I talked to him, told him I was a football player. He's like a bit caught off guard. And then an hour or two later, um, I wasn't supposed to have seen these, but I found out that he gave me a four out of 10 for my looks. And the papers were lying there and people were kind of, we were all looking at them like we weren't supposed to. And I was like, oh, this is really awkward. And I came even put a mask up of all this, you know, that's fine. And then for the next week, I was like, wow, how embarrassing, you know, a thousand people, if the judge thought that other people must have been thinking that, and did I really look that bad? And I really started feeling super down about myself because, you know, to be told you're four, that's not, it's not nice by any means, especially when you've made the most effort that you've ever had to make. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Then I, I like to journal and introspect a lot. And a friend was like, well, what does it matter? Like, it's just one pageant. And that just one comment, I started thinking about it. I was like, does it really matter? And I realized that it hit a nerve for me to be told I was a four because I subconsciously thought that about myself. Not that I'd ever put a number to it, but I thought that lowly about myself. Yeah. You know, if you go to a doctor and say, oh, my leg's hurting, and he pokes your arm, 
you're gonna be like it doesn't hurt that why are you touch my arm yeah but if he touches you where it hurts that's when you start aching right yeah yeah i get that it's like somebody confirming what you're actually thinking about yourself yeah yeah he just put that light pretty much in front of me and i was like wow that's how i see myself that's why i'm so bothered by it yeah and I realized my self-confidence and my self-esteem was at an all-time low. I put so much energy into my outfits. I even thought if my outfits were glamorous, nobody would see the face in them. Mm. You know, the outfits would do the talk for me and it would show my personality, it would show who I am. And I'd completely deflected my attention, put so much energy into having the right outfits. So they were really different. You know, one of my sleeves weren't super long and they were dragging on the floor and nobody had a dress like that. I was the only one to wear a sari and it was, um, I was just trying to stand out in so many ways around my outfit. Yeah. Um, but I realized at that point that so many things in my life I had done to deflect that attention from me. And so I put all my energy into my skills, my accounting, dance, football. I was always trying to master a skill to speak for who I am and for me rather than for me to be comfortable with who I am actually. Yeah. Um, so that's what led to my journey and then the book at the same time. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you think would have happened if you hadn't have seen that number four? I would have still probably gone down some sort of, um, no, I knew anyways, my self-confidence and self-worth were really low from the pageant or felt, I felt really low anyways, because, you know, I lost and didn't get to that last stage. I don't think I would have looked at my beauty externally as in depth, though, because there were some conspiracy theories and people were all saying different things. And I just put it down to, again, me not being good enough or me not... um, it's just out of my comfort zone. I probably would have written it off to that doesn't matter anyways because it's all about the inner and they didn't get a chance to see that. I'm sure it would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's what Sean, like, that's what made me realize that the externals do really matter. And it's not what someone else thinks about me, though it's what I think about me. That's what matters. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I actually, even recently, I realized I fit in and I feel more comfortable in society having lost that yeah because we strive as human beings to fit in and feel connection to be honest with you how many people get into doing a pageant anyways and not in a funny way most people are not in it and would lose it anyways there's one winner right so I feel more connected to everyone that I'm like this is not just me that's losing this not many people get this opportunity and not many people have that serious self-love self-confidence and I'm saying this that I didn't have it as if all the other girls did I'm sure a lot of theirs was a mask as well I'm just really not good at masking that and so I was really aware that that's how I was feeling on that stage it's very similar to the bodybuilding we done yeah and literally I went into the bodybuilding um, world should we say expecting to get something out of it to feel a certain way when I walked on the stage and I struck the pose I've done my routine I was expecting to be like Men's Health Magazine or whatever it was. But I got up there and I felt, I'm still Barry. I'm still me. I was still waiting for that thing to come, what I was waiting for. But it never come. And it made me change the way I see the fitness industry and the health industry. Because we're all looking for that external thing to give us an internal feeling. 
but I'm still waiting for it, if that makes sense. I, I just, yeah. The similarities there when it comes to beauty pageant and the bodybuilding. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you put so much, I'm sure you can relate to this completely because you put so much energy and time and effort into getting to that day. Yeah. But nobody sees that. And they look at yeah. you for five minutes and they're like, okay, next. Yeah. Not even five yeah. minutes. And you're like, but you don't know. My, exactly. routine was, my routine was, I think it was about 30 seconds, I think it was. Yeah, yeah I mean. And it was just like, no, a minute and a half. A minute and a half, my routine. And it was like, next. And I was like, come on. And I know Not good enough. when I, I've done three shows and the same as you, Alicia, you have to learn to walk and hold yourself. And I had this uh, kind of a similar affirmation, but on stage. And, you know, obviously you look and then you're all being judged. But the thing is, we know we're walking into this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just had that come in my head. I was looking for the approval of people on the outside to say, yes, you've got a good body and yes, you've done well. But as you say, no one can give you that. You've just got to find that from within you, haven't you? Yeah, massively. You've said that so well. It's all from within because your perspective at how you come to anything changes then. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're passionate about working out, you're energized to go. Yeah. When you're dreading it, you're still going and your attitude and your, the way you carry yourself, everything's different, yeah. right? And it's the same thing. So now I went into a serious fitness craze leading up to that too. And I've always been really passionate about the gym and exercising, but I, I never used to come at it from a nice angle. I was always, you know, Alicia, you're not good enough. Alicia, you're not thin enough. You're not lean enough. You need, and it was always just so, so negative in my head. I was so down on myself. It was such a tiring state to live in. I was so tired of listening to those thoughts. I was like, this is enough. I'm done with this. Because right after the pageant, a couple of weeks later, sorry, actually touching onto that same point, it's yeah. that same um, vulnerability that everyone is seeking on that stage, yeah. right? But uh, you don't see that in someone else because you see this ultimate confidence. And I've not talked to a lot of the girls after that. I'm a few friends with a few of them. Um, and I think everyone's putting some level of mask up of confidence, maybe not as much as others. But that's all individual too. It doesn't it doesn't change you again? Mental health is a big thing. We don't know what's actually feeling, what's the feeling inside. And I think when it's in our head, it's massive. It's so big, and that's and you believe that everybody else can see it because it's so yeah. big in your head. When you look at somebody else on that stage, you think, oh, they're just full of confidence. But we don't know yeah. what's going on inside their mind yeah. and how they're they're perceiving the situation. But this is so like everything you're saying, Alicia. I can like. Um, really resonate and I know everybody that's listening watching I know that they're going to resonate with this do you know what I mean because we're all yeah. so down on ourselves even when we, they get up in the morning look in the mirror they feel the this same this is exactly yeah. it and yeah. it starts there that's you that's the point that I made in the book and that's the exact moment and beginning that I start all my mornings with gratitude now because it's the prime of our day. The way you start your morning is setting you up for the rest of the day. And this is what always happens. We get up, we have a shower, we're getting ready to go to the gym. And then you look in the mirror and it's while you're getting ready, oh, this doesn't look that good. Oh, this needs to be tighter. This needs, this looks too fair. This looks this. And you start putting that negative thought in your head before you even left work. What mental state are we starting our day with? Yeah. You know, and there's, a massive correlation with the fact that we especially in the west have all these mirrors and we're always looking at this stuff but in 
India and other places, um, Southeast Asia, people just get on with their day and they don't really know or feel a lot of these things. I'm not, I don't want to be generalistic, but you go there and people are just loving life and living life. And it's different because we take a lot of time to criticize ourselves. And we take a lot of time to sit here and say, oh, this is not good. Oh, this needs to be better. And it's just such an awful way to start your morning. So I've decided that I start my morning with gratitude. And so I changed the word beauty to begin your day with thank you, the B-U-T-Y. Oh, that's what it is. So that's what um, I just, you know, you start your day and you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, let's say. And that's three minutes in the morning. And all of a sudden, as I woke up on the wrong side of the day, yeah. on the bed, sorry, I'm having an awful day. I started, but that five minutes can't dictate the next 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. I always started on a positive note. Doesn't matter if I'm busy or I'm going for a walk or I'm going to the gym. It's let me start my morning with positive affirmations, with positive thoughts, a deep breath, and to just ground myself because that's what will lead on for the day anyways i mean why do you think it's so hard to see ourselves as beautiful and accepting ourselves why do you think it's so difficult for us to do that we are always comparing ourselves to everybody else yeah and especially with social media it's i think got heightened it's not the cause and the root cause of any of this even before this, when it was just advertisements and uh, newspapers and the news, anyways, we would always see through ads that perfection in all these advertisements that the media set and the press give us is super thin, super fair, super long hair, you know, or now it's curvy. But all of these perfections are set by the media, essentially, and social media influencers and celebrities. But I find this funny paradox because they're the ones who set these norms, let's say, and set these idealistic expectations that they themselves cannot live up to because a lot of them go to Botox and plastic surgery and it's, they're setting these perceptions, but they're not even able to get their own, their own in a way. Yeah, yeah. I get but we it. don't see that, right? We see just that picture and we see just a photo, ed- photo edited image, Photoshop picture. Yeah. And so we grow up comparing ourselves, thinking, I need to be better. I don't look like this. And you think you look good, and then you go out and you see a bunch of other people wearing different clothes, more feeling more fashionable, let's say, more. And all of a sudden, again, we sink and say, oh, but I didn't have that, and I can't afford that. And oh. Yeah. I read this this really interesting um, article the other day, and it was was a really short one. But it's saying all the millionaires, all the celebrities, and all, all the people with serious wealth are now living in ripped jeans and Converse, whereas all the people trying to make it somewhere are rocking a Gucci bag and Louis Vuittons. Yeah. <laughs> because we're all trying to prove and get somewhere, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious. Give me but, the ripped jeans every day. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, my grandpa, last time I wore them, and he's like, do you need us to um, sew up your jeans or take them out someone? I was like, no, it's fashion. He's like, I don't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that this affects women more than men? Or are the top, is it kind of quite tied? Um, I think in different ways. I don't, I don't think, I think it on the surface affects women more because we're all quite vocal about it and quite 
easy to read maybe let's say or a bit more in tune to this because we talk to our friends about a lot of this um we talk about makeup and hair and this and that when we get together um but i think it affects men in a different way and this is being generalistic again yeah um that i i don't think men find it easy to open up to a lot of people Agreed, yeah. and the way we even handle situations in general men kind of get to the punch shout out some things throw a punch or two and then get over it right whereas women get catty about it bitch about it talk about it so i think that's where guys feel maybe not when they're emasculated necessarily but where their their power or their feeling um that competitive nature it just turns into a bit of a brawl maybe i i don't i don't actually know i don't think it affects us that differently. I think guys still look in the mirror in the morning and say, oh, that shirt doesn't look good or which one should I wear today? Yeah. But we have such a range of different options. For them, it's a shirt and trousers, especially when you're going to corporate. Whereas girls, it's a dress or a skirt, heels or flats, hair up, hair down. You know, it's a bit different. Yeah. Um, but as you said, Barry, when you went on that stage, it was no different for that feeling for you. So I don't think it is. I just think we have a, we're more aware of it. Maybe we have more opportunities to be negative to ourselves about so many different things. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting. It's the perception of what we perceive the, from the bloke's point of view, it's our perception, what the female likes to see in us males. Yeah. And I listened to an article the other day, I listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. And they were saying that the, um, the men want to be these bodybuilders, superhero character types with the big muscles, the t-shirts that's ripping because the muscles are so big. But realistically, correct me if I'm wrong, females don't like that big, muscly structure of a man. They like something a bit more softer. So we have this perception of what people want to see. But in reality, is that true what people want? Yeah. But I think that perception works both ways because girls are trying to always get stick thin, you know, stick yeah. thin, no body fat, good good curves in the right places. Whereas a lot of friends I talk to are like, we don't want that. Yeah, so, it's so true, yeah. isn't it? It's so the true. one thing I see it's going on to relationships now a little bit, when you're in a relationship, you only see the exterior when you first meet, and that's where the lust comes in and the, the little bit of attraction. But after a while, you don't notice the difference. When Loz went through her comp prep, I, I was really, it was really hard to tell if she was ready for comp prep or whether she had made any progress because I was so close to her, I just couldn't see any transformation. So when you're close to someone, you don't really see that outside the exterior because you're so into the interior of that person. It's so true. And this takes it back to, are we trying to get to this physique or are we trying to get to this level of beauty for ourselves or because we want someone else to like us and we want other people to like us? And then so you do get you like what you see in the mirror? Do you, are you comfortable with who you've become? I'll yeah. tell you what's because we girl, somebody, who likes their, somebody who likes their self and loves their self is so much more attractive than whether yeah. they're doing something for somebody else to like them. Because it comes I agree. Yeah, I agree. And plus, then you've got two whole people, right? Mm -hmm. You've got someone who's a complete person on their own. You're not, you're able to love them for who they are because they love themselves as much. They set that standard for themselves. Yeah. So I don't want to have standards. It, it's paradox again that people say, oh, I want this and this and this and this out of a partner. But I'm like, those standards you set, do you live by the same standard for yourself? Yeah. Because you want someone else to come in to be your knight, but do you treat yourself that same way? It's so true. To me, 
you raise the bar for yourself and no one's going to even try and come below that in any way, shape or form, respect, love, communication, anything, because they know they're hitting below waste because you treat yourself better. So they have to come to level or more. Because so, so many, so many people, and I know so many of our guys, they'll do more for other people than they will do for themselves. And it's almost yeah. because it's like, it takes that focus away of them having to look after themselves. And maybe that is because they don't think they're beautiful. They don't think they're worth it, all that kind of stuff. So they just spend all their time looking after other people. It's that deflection. And it's also that gives us that peace of mind where, well, I know I don't feel confident. My skin's really awful, this and this and this and this. But I did a good thing and I helped all these other people today. So that's, you know, I'm still a good person. And it's like, of course, you're still a good person. But you, we have a gift of having our body on this earth. So if you're not going to take care of you, how do you expect someone else to take care of you? And if you don't want to, and that's even where people feel like I've done so much for all these people. Why hasn't anyone done anything for me? Because you're, even the mindset, right? We don't do things for other people. We do things for ourselves, really. We do things for that contentment and happiness. Well, I feel good today because I was able to help 10 others. Um, I heard at temples, I'm not sure if you know this, at a temple, you've got a lot of people usually volunteering to serve food, especially in Indian temples, we serve food um, after the service and whatnot. And all of those volunteers, they ask the volunteers to eat before they serve the food. And the reason is, is when you have a big pot of stew or lentil soup or something, and you've got a hundred people in the line that you have to feed and you've got one pot and you're hungry, you're given just a scoop, maybe just a tad less because you're like a hundred people and I need to eat. And it's psychological. It's not conscious or intentional. It's, yeah. I don't want to run out of food, right? I want something to be left. Whereas when you've eaten and taken care of yourself, you're generous. You're like, it'll be fine. So you wow. just keep living. So, oh my gosh, so that's why it's so important for us to look after ourselves, give ourselves that time, the gratitude time, all that sort of stuff, so yeah. that when we give to other people, we're not looking for that thing back. Do you want to, ah. Feed me before we feed we. That's so yeah. interesting. Plus, you, you can agree with this too. When you've got energy, you've got, when you've got energy for yourself, you've got more to give, right? It's in every context. If you fill your cup first and you pour water into your own cup, the moment you put too much, it overflows. That's when it overflows to everybody else. Yeah, I love You can't that. give yeah. from an empty cup. It's yeah. so true. It's so true. We hear that like so, so much. So, okay, so how, how can we start to even get to that point? If somebody is like, I can't look at myself in the mirror, I'm, I always give back to other people, I never have time for myself. Do you know what I mean? And they're just completely in that space. What, I mean, what, where do you even start with that? I think the first thing is you need some, definitely time to yourself to do this. You can't do this with noise around you. Or um, for me, journaling really helped my get-go. But I think having someone objective as well to talk to some of this stuff through with, because you can't always see your own flaws, otherwise we would have fixed it in an instant. You know, and it's not necessarily a flaw. We just can't see where we're really hard on ourselves. Definitely, one of the first places is when you look in the mirror, can you just say, hey, beautiful? Can you just say, you know what? I love this today. I love what you've done. Or just even say, I love myself. Yeah. But it's so important to look in the mirror and be able to say that. 
And I would do that sometimes when I was younger and I'd feel a bit, maybe not as vocal of an affirmation, but I would take a deep breath or do something. And I know one time my parents called me and they're like, oh, Alicia's so full of herself, or here she goes again. And it was actually because I was feeling the exact opposite that I was doing it. Yeah. And then I stopped doing it so much. Um, so do it maybe obviously without other people around you because you, it's hard to do for yourself, let alone know that someone else just heard that. Definitely start with the exteriors and say, okay, well, what am I doing? Because we're all good-hearted people. I really believe most, yeah. mostly all of us are good-hearted people. So we need to start with the externals and say, do I love myself and what don't I love so much? Where have I stopped taking care of myself? Yeah. And there's certain things that we can control and certain things that we can't. If you're feeling exhausted and that you don't have time for yourself, then it's start, starting to say, well, where have I lost that time? Do I wake up a little bit earlier? Do I need to set a bit more boundary or structure in my day with my family if you've got kids? or if you're living with your parents and it's to say that I need this hour to take care of my skin and my hair or to do a bit of yoga and take care of my body yeah. and to even talk to my body that I love this body and I love myself and it's because I love myself I'm now going to do all these things I'm going to join the gym because I love myself and I want to take care of myself yeah. I'm going to look into a proper skincare routine because my skin is my gift and my it's important so now I'm going to look into finding what's the right products for me. But it's starting with the slow step to say, what am I least confident in? Because yeah. even that thing of controlling what we can't control, you may not love your nose. I had a struggle growing up because I was always told, oh, your nose is like your dad's. And I was like, oh, this is not nice to hear. <laughs> um, my dad's like this really, um, yeah, he's quite broad. He's quite, anyways, lovely bloke. But I'm like, I don't want a bloke's nose as well. <laughs> Oh, well, you should go around now. So then I would get conscious about it. But then I, that's one thing I looked at and I'm like, well, I need to let go because no matter how much time I give myself in a day, I can't fix that. That's just who I am. So I'm going to embrace it. And I love myself for it. Um, I think if you look at a society, so I know this is going to sound quite extreme, but Hitler, Hitler wanted, I would say, I would say blonde eyes. He wanted blonde hair, blue eyes, right? Did he? I never knew that. Isn't that what the... Yeah, I'm sure it was. No, yeah, wanted... it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, go for it. So he was just in love with the blonde hair, blue eyes, and if we had gone down that route and the whole society or whole of Germany, civilization, let's say, blonde hair, blue-eyed, how boring would we have been? Yeah. There's no variety. There's no our community would have looked really like communists. It would have just been the same thing. Variety Whereas, is the spice of life. To, pardon? Variety is the spice of life, they say. Oh my gosh, definitely. And you look at a society right now and you look at an inclusive, diverse society and you're going to get whole different types of people. And if you zoom in on one of them, that's you and that society. You are the puzzle piece to fit in to be different in society. Yeah. So where I don't like my nose, actually, my gift is it makes me unique in society. If I had puffy lips and this and get everything done, I'm just going to look like everybody else. I don't want to do that. Very true. We're all, we're all trying to fit in and be normal, but different at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. It, you can't have both. You, you, know? you can't have both. But you are uniquely you, aren't you? Exactly. At the end of the day, uniquely you. I mean, I know sometimes like um, a lot of people are like, oh, 
loving myself that's a bit weird and it's like sometimes it's like well maybe we should start with just respecting yourself yes you know and you start to respect yourself and then you know by looking after yourself and then that maybe grows into love do you know what I mean definitely love I mean love comes in many different ways right it is definitely in respect how you talk to yourself how you trust yourself I look at it quite objectively I don't want to look at myself I need to take my thoughts out of my own body really to say do I love who I am and what I'm bringing to this world objectively what am I doing and who am I um, and that's even in the pageant where one of the at the end, one of the girls was on stage answering questions and she said, if I were to win this pageant, I would do X and X and X for society. But I was like, but this is the point. The whole point of the pageant is it's not supposed to be vain. Yes, it's about your pageant walk, your catwalk, sorry. It's about your looks, but it's also what are you doing in society? What are your skills? What is everything else? The whole point of the pageant is to be an all-rounded person. Yeah. So that's when I was like, well, why do you have to win the pageant? If the whole point is what you're bringing from your internals and who you are, why do you need to win to start doing something in society? And that's where I was like, okay, well, I've lost. And I might be one of the biggest losers because I fell out the round before. But I'm not going to let this stop me from contributing and helping and getting into doing what my passion work is. So don't let things stop you. But definitely find that difference of where you can control your situation. And do you love, if you were to see yourself even, I love this question that I ask myself a lot. If I saw myself in another body, would I be in love with that person or would I be attracted to them? Okay, I like that. If I saw my twin self doing the exact same thing in society, would I say, you go girl, or would I be like, you're just a bit lazy and you're dragging your feet, you're acting entitled? Yeah, that's it. That's a really interesting question. But that takes that love in an easier way, in my opinion. I'm not being vain about it now. I'm being objective about what I'm doing. Because it's so, I wrote this down. It's so easy to see the beauty in somebody else. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, I think you're amazing. You've got gorgeous eyes. You've got a beautiful energy. And they're like, yeah, but I just don't feel it. And so taking that out and then having it as right, that's your twin and that person going about life. And yeah. what they're doing, working on their passion, everything. Yeah, that's I like that. Mm. That's really good. <laughs> none of us are perfect beings, right? No, we're none of us are perfect. So it's well, that's fine because you embrace someone else's imperfections, but do you embrace yourself, yours? What are your imperfections and love yourself for it? Because what is the what is the torment going to do for you? Nothing. And and accept that it is okay to be imperfect it's just who we are we all have little quirks do you know what I mean yes definitely but that's what you're drawn to someone else for yeah you know if someone it's also uh, acceptable the word when it's um somebody else's opinion about whether it's perfection or imperfections it's all yeah the word oh subjective (laughs) subjective definitely yeah so it's hard to say like that's imperfection and that's perfection everyone's got their own their own beauty within them haven't they and alicia would you say this is what it is to love yourself unconditionally yes it's to have that right mindset to have that right confidence to say it i don't have to be where i want to be where i want to be ultimately is not where i need to be now but where i am now is a good place and i'm headed in the right direction yeah yeah. Because then you take, you hold your own hand and say, let's go, let's go on this journey, let's go on this ride and let's do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, 
I, I, this is it. I don't now, it's not like something you achieve. I don't wake up every day and be like, oh, you're just gorgeous. You're just amazing. That's not the point. We're always trying to improve ourselves. It's not a get out of jail card to say, oh, I'm just going to throw my hands up and this is who I am. I am who I am. Mm -hmm. Not at all. You just love yourself and love the process of it because we're all on our own ride. So I definitely then wrote down a list of, okay, what are things that I wanted to have accomplished or I want to accomplish in my life because that's what to me is going to make me a happy person. And this is where I think we all have our own purpose in life and contribution into society to serve. So you guys are serving in your own complete way because you're helping other people get to this similar sort of journey through fitness and health. And we all just have a part to play, I think, in society. So it's what is my puzzle piece in the scheme of society and how am I going to contribute? And I always think the dreams start when we're little, right? Yeah. And so many people play the victim card of, I grew up as a child wanting to do X, Y, and Z, but instead I've ended up here. But it's like, well, now let's, what are we going to do to close this gap? Because you can still get there. We just need to make a bit of a conscious effort to change direction and seriously head in the direction we want to go. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask you guys a question. Oh, go on. <laughs> not a difficult one how often do you talk about your grandparents or your great-grandparents honestly not at all yeah. not very often so our world we're 2020 thousands of years old obviously the world has existed from existed for more than 2000 years our lives let's say 70 80 years yeah. is literally a flash in in the world so it's, there's no time to play the victim card and poor me, I can't do what my passion is because I'm not gonna have enough money or I'm not gonna, you will be fine. You find that passion. When you're so passionate about it and you want to have that drive, do what you want, who cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got, well, and you prove that sort of with the accountancy and stuff, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I definitely took that career shift and I, I've never been happier. Amazing. That's but so it's not that I even dropped it. Don't forget, we all have our own skills that everything brings us to this point. So I'm still using those skills very indirectly. Yes. And a lot of people don't get that. My friends are like, just get a job. Like, what are you talking about? Why don't you just become an accountant? It's easier. I was like, that's not my, my work, though. It's not my purpose work. And it's true, like me being in the police and you being in the prison, you know, we've brought that into what we do now. There's still facets of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a journey we're on. We're grabbing these skill sets as we go along. We grab the skill sets from our failures and our successes in life. We stick yeah. them in the bag and that's what propels us forward to do new and challenging stuff. So it's having the, having the guts to do that thing that you want to do, isn't it? Yeah, um, for sure. We've had one lady, um, Paula, she says, so do you look to become a better version of yourself or accept yourself as you are unconditionally? That's a great question. I do both. Yeah. And I start with the second one. I start with accepting myself and then say, I accept and I love who I am. I am who I am and I am happy who I am. Yeah. Now, what do I need to do to continue to sustain this? And to take this day as another opportunity to serve the world and be my best version of myself today. Because yeah. just like you guys know, when you get those six-pack abs, you don't just chill and say, great, I'm happy, I'm set. Because it's going to change. You have to sustain it. You need to still go to the gym. You need to still eat right. You still need to take care of yourself. You don't just keep the abs because you got to it once. 
So it's that same way. First, work your way to get to that mindset of having that six-pack abs, obviously in whatever, I mean, in a mindset way, not that you want the abs necessarily. And then what are you doing to sustain this? So I always start, you know, it's a slippery slope as well. If I don't start my morning on a right note or I feel down on certain days, which we all do, like life is up and down for every one of us. But it's holding my hand on that journey saying, well, I'm hitting a bit of a down day today, but that's okay because it's just today and it doesn't have to be tomorrow too. Yeah. It's just this hour. It doesn't have to be the next hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is a fantastic quote. And as you say, you know, you don't get to the point where you're like, wow, okay, I've now got unconditional love and I accept and appreciate myself. What's next? as you say, you need to keep going because you, you will slip back a little bit. You know, we've all got yeah. little triggers and, you know, that sort of stuff. And as you say, you keep on top of it each day so you don't fall back into that I'm a four out of ten. Yeah, exactly. It's true. And it's just even that we still keep progressing, but your progression then is more with excitement. You know, you go to the gym now because I'm like, yeah, I get a workout and I have this opportunity to have a I'd like to say go to the gym right now, they're all closed, but yeah, exactly. it's still in my living room or my home. But the point is that you have so much more energy for whatever it is you're doing and you're more present to whatever it is you're doing because you're not wishing you were somewhere else or wishing you were just naturally gifted. That doesn't make sense and that's not who you are. It's an internal motivation, isn't it? Rather than having Definitely. that external motivation. Because we talk about it a lot, internal and external motivation. Internal motivation is 10 times more powerful than having that external because the external stuff can always be taken away when it comes yeah. from your internal when you see yourself as your true self yeah no one can take that away from you if you no. believe that definitely i've got a question on this one so you are like getting up in the morning and you're looking in the mirror and you're going hey beautiful or whatever it is that you're doing do you kind of believe in fake it till you make it? So even if you don't like doing it, to still keep doing it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Because it's it's finding that root of what is it that's making me feel like it's not. But And then once you're like, okay, well, I'm aware of it. Having an awareness for what's wrong doesn't solve it. So you do need to start having those positive affirmations. And even if you're not believing it quite yet, still take that time to be like, why am I not believing this? Or what am I still not content with? And work at it because you need to keep going with it, but you still have to keep affirming it. You know, you tell the child, you're doing well, you're doing well, keep going. We have to do that to ourselves. You're doing well, keep going. So definitely fake it till you make it. It's it's just, um, it's inertia. The beginning is always the hardest, but once you get into the groove, you just keep rolling, right? Even with fitness, once you start your journey, once you're into it, you want to just keep going. But the hardest part is doing those first like 10 push-ups after you've not done them for six months. You're like, this is, this is going to be the end of me. But once you start doing it again, it's easy to keep that momentum going day in, day out. Love it. Alicia, thank you so much. This has been brilliant. It the really has. Oh, I just can't believe this has gone so quickly. It's unbelievable. I can't either. Yeah. There's been so many like absolute gems in here that, you know, I've, I'm going to take away definitely about the cup and, you know, 
um, the question that you asked us. Absolutely love that. No, it was, uh, it was really good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. Alicia, is there anything else you want to say or anything you want to leave people with? I mean, I'm going to get them to obviously buy your book in a second. Um, <laughs> definitely. definitely. But yeah, is there anything you want to say or, or leave them with? I just want to leave you with that you, we are all role models in society for the next generation as, and the people around us, not even just the youngsters. Growing up, my biggest role models were people who are not related to me because my mom was my mom. You know, I respected her. She was a role model, but there are the two 20 year old girls who I admired to a T and only six months ago did they find out that they were that big of a role model and played a huge part into who I became. But if they were not just being who they are, I would not have had that, that knock on effect would not have happened. So we, this is the other reason and takes me back to my why. And I hope people find the reason that they want to serve the world in their own way, because we're all role models, whether we know it or whether we like it or not, we are teaching people around us and the youngsters what it means to be a beautiful person. So when you do it, you don't realize actually it's not just for yourself, it's for people around you. And that for me, knowing that makes it easier for me to say, I need to do this because it's having that knock on effect. So love find that for yourself. Definitely reach out to me. I'd love to connect to people either on Instagram or LinkedIn if you um, want to find me there. Um, it's just my name in both places, but I'm definitely passionate about being a voice for someone or to listen to them or help them be objective and find some of these roots root problems or things that are causing them this disharmony amazing i love that and you know where can you know the guys obviously we can go to linkedin we can go to instagram come on facebook uh, yeah. and then whereabouts can we buy your book the book is on amazon you just search for beautiful you this is what it looks like love it um so thank you yeah but it's real still to see my face on a book but <laughs> is it a little it's bit yeah accomplishment. it really is such thank an accomplishment you. you should be so proud thank you i really i am and i i think the happy moments even come from people i grew up knowing in society a couple of days ago a girl messaged me saying she just had so much positive energy flow, flow sorry flowing into her life and things are just turning around for her and to know that you made a difference to someone else who you kind of knew through society that's a huge that's a so that but you build up your cup first in order yeah. to be able to give that. I love it. Definitely. I love it. Thank you so much, Alicia. Thanks it's been amazing. Me. Guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful having you here with us. Um, as we always say, if you like this, if you found some golden nuggets, then like Alicia's saying, share it. Be that role model for somebody and, uh, and spread the love. Because as you know, we're all about being able to create happy, healthy people, helping you understand your mind, like we've been talking about Alicia, with to create your own version of health and well-being that's right for you, just like Alicia does when it comes to finding your own version of love and um, confidence in yourself. So guys, have a great afternoon and um, we will catch you all soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fit Mind Project. Please support us on iTunes and Spotify by rating us and leaving us a review. It helps us so much. You can also watch these podcasts on YouTube or on our Rock Solid Facebook page at Rock Solid Health. This is what we're all about. We're about growing a community of like-minded people that want to change their lives 
to feel better than they are at the moment. We help them find their version of health so they can be healthier and happier. And remember guys, you're awesome.